foremost, though, I want to thank everybody who um, showed up today and who is on this uh, this webinar. Thanks for showing up, and hopefully, we'll make it worth your while. Um, you know, we wanted to do this on behalf of Next Level, basically because you know this is a rough time for everybody for so many different reasons. Um, even if it's not you, I would appreciate. I would think you would appreciate just what's going on in the world, you know, and have some empathy for other families and things like that. And I think in times like this. Um, we should always, you know, hold each other close and try to lift each other up and really, you know, show that abundant go-giver mentality and community. And so it, with that being said, I wanted to bring people on that I thought really embody that. And they embody that not only now, but they embody that every single day. And they have since the day that I met them. Um, luckily, everybody on the panel... Um, Today, I've had lunch with, had dinner with, been very good friends with for years, something like I, I know them all very well, and um, I'm really excited to have them all on. Instead of me introducing you guys, because last time I think I did it like too long, so I just want to kick it to y'all. Just throw like a quick intro about who you are, what you do for anybody that's on the call that may not know at the end. You can kind of let everybody know like where to find you at and stuff like that, but we'll start with, uh, let's go Brent, Jesse, Alex, and Steve in order from where I can see you guys. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, everybody. It is, uh, it is an honor to be on a panel with everybody here. Um, know you guys all. Love you guys all. This is going to be really great. I think that this is all for the participants. Um, and just to give a State of the Union and really give some inspiration and be a, a shining light and, and not only just, just go with optimism, but go with real results of what's really happening right now and what we're seeing. So uh, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and excited to get this thing going. So uh, thank you, Jamie, for organizing it and, and putting us all on here together. It's going to be a fun hour. So strap in, guys. Take some notes. Um, and we're going to get as, 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 uh, as authentic and real as possible. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, Jesse Burrell, uh, also out of Phoenix. Jamie, thank you. Thank you so much for having us on and everybody that's on this panel. You are all monsters. Uh, I'm one of the owners of Batch Skip Tracing, Batch Leads. I've been wholesaling for about six years, um, starting to get into some new development projects, which is a little bit concerning with today's market, but we can talk about that. Um, there's always ways to pivot. There's always ways to keep crushing it. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, guys. Alex Youngblood. Wholesaling House is full time. Uh, probably know me from there, I would imagine. Um, honored to be on the panel with everybody. I feel like I need to move to Phoenix or something because I mean, we got like <laughs> Brent, right. Jesse, Steve. I'm like all the way on the East Coast. So, <laughs> but no, good to be with you guys. These things are awesome because they give you real data. Everybody's all wrapped up in the drama right now. So focus on the data, not the drama. And that's what's really going to get you through it. Uh, people are still buying. People are still selling. Uh, you just have to pivot and you just have to shift a little bit. And that's fine because you know what happens right now? Everybody's been on easy street for the longest time. Those people who are not committed, who are just looking for that easy fix, they're going to get out. Competition's going to be less and sellers will still need to sell. Buyers will still need to buy. I've been through the 08 recession. In fact, I went wholesaling houses full time in 08, which is the name of my group, obviously. And that's where it came from. Actually, it started with the name Wholesaling Houses in a Recession, believe it or not, and then changed to Wholesaling Houses full-time. 
So um, definitely been through a recession, and that's when I got my full-time start. So champions and warriors are made during these times. You just got to ask yourself, are you ready? Awesome. I, I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but uh, I'm Steve Trang. Uh, I got a podcast, Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, I had many of you guys on the show already, um, and uh, in Phoenix as well. Um, got a brokerage. Uh, Jesse and Brent are two of my best-looking agents in my office uh, at our brokerage, and um, right. I'm just passionate about entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, I look at. Uh, I've always said I love everything about the about real estate except for the houses and the people. Uh, so I'm just really passionate about about uh, running businesses and, and, and leading and entrepreneurship. So I love, uh, you know, being involved and I'm honored to be here because we can, you know, give, which is what, what I enjoy doing the most. Thanks so much. And I have to say, like, I loved everything that you guys said was huge and amazing. But when I first got into this business, I learned from Wholesaling Inc., which was Tom and Cody and then Brent Daniels, you know, is a big part of that. And that was something ingrained into our heads is data, not drama. I think that's huge. Like it's about the data, not drama and the news and your neighbor and everybody on my floor in my office building is all about the drama right now. And I get it. We need to be aware, you know, um, I, I don't think that we need to act like this isn't going on, but I think that this is the time where we collaborate and we go full steam ahead because as Alex said, um, this is where wealth is made. And I think that that's great that he's been through the downturn. Um, Steve, you went through the downturn as well, right? Brent, you came in. Yeah, that's when I met Brent. Yeah, yeah I yeah. started in 04, so uh, I've been, yeah, it's been a while. Jesse, have you as well? Apparently, I'm the newbie here. I started in like 12. <laughs> okay, no, so that's beautiful to have, you know, three out of the four panelists that have been through this because, I mean, at times like this, this is why I leaned out my entire business. I cut $50,000 worth of expenses in November because I was already planning for maybe not even a crash, but a leveling out. And I just wanted to make sure that I could pivot quickly. I know RJ's mentioned being in a huge, you know, cruise ship versus a paddle boat where you can just pivot really quickly. I'm in that pivot position. And so when this happened, I wasn't freaked out because I had already prepared for it, but only because I'd had amazing mentors um, that had been through these things and gave me that warning. And I listened and I paid attention. I didn't think I was invincible. So um, I just want to thank you all for the value that you're going to bring today and um, you know what you've been through. And I just ask that everybody listening, like you guys, there's going to be some good value here and you need to pay attention to what they're saying. They've been through this. They have experience. So let them help be a guide to where you're moving, you know, forward because we're all going to move forward through this. Okay. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, let's go ahead and drop any questions that you have in the chat box. Like we definitely want to address your questions. Um, that's important because that's what we're here for is for you guys, not for us. So if you can drop any questions that you have, we're gonna do our best to get to every single one of them. Uh, but if you wanna just kick it off right now, I'd like to hear, um, I think it's, it's good to kind of get a market temperature of what's going on and what everybody's seeing in their business. So let's reverse that and let's go uh, Steve and Alex and then Jesse and Brent and kind of just let us know what's going on. I know you guys are in the Phoenix market, but we still have different businesses and different systems and um, flows. So go ahead, Steve. Uh, yeah, so I would say that for us, you know, one of the things that separates us when we're meeting with the homeowners is that we commit, you know, we don't do the thing where we cancel any, at any point, right? Like when we give them price, like we will wholesale or we'll buy at that price. So for us, 
one of the things we've done is we have to buy deeper. Like that's just the only way we can move forward. And so with us having to buy deeper, truthfully, you know, we're buying fewer deals. Um, that's the reality. Um, and one of the reasons why is that yes, buyers are still buying, but they do want a discount when they're buying. And so one of the things that we're pivoting is we're starting to uh, raise private money on our own. Um, you know, I think that, well, I know that when I first got started, uh, I got into wholesaling because I was buying houses to flip. And so I was flipping terribly, uh, but I was flipping before I, uh, I was wholesaling. And the only reason why I started wholesaling is because I ran out of money, right? And so for me, uh, I was wholesaling back then before wholesaling was a term. And my, as we pivot, I think that one of the things we're going to look at as the dynamic has changed between the wholesaler and the flipper is we're going to start taking more deals down to maximize our margins. And we can't do that if we're not well-funded. So as far as pivoting, that's what we're doing because the conversations have changed with the end buyers. Hey, hey Steve, I got a question for you on that. You, you are a huge proponent of education. How have you... Yep developed your sales strategies and how have they changed to buy deeper? Like what, what have you done differently to help you buy deeper there? Uh, so one of the biggest things right now is, you know, a lot of people are putting coronavirus clauses, you know, in their contracts, which I think is smart. I think any responsible business owner needs to do that. Uh, at the same time, I like to go against the grain. And so, you know, when we tell them we're going to commit, we, we, that's like a, a shining point, right? That's like one of like the biggest bullet points in, in our, not a presentation, but our conversation. And so we'll bring up like, you know, when you talk to the other, uh, the other investor, I don't suppose he had anything in there relating to, you know, a coronavirus where they say they can cancel in 30 days, 60 days, you know, to natural disaster, whatever you want to call it. And they'll, and they say, Oh, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, let me check. Or they did. It's like, yeah, you know, how do you feel about that? And I'm not going to say that's a crappy move, right? I'm there. I'm there to burn the competition without burning them myself, right? Allowing the homeowner to do that. And so I'm going to say, you know, how do you feel about that? And they're going to say, well, you know, I didn't even think about it that way. And so when in 30, 60 days, when, you're, when your bags are packed, your truck is full, and you're waiting for that money, and they cancel on you, how's that going to feel? And now we're bringing that emotion, and they're going to feel that emotion today. And I say, I don't suppose it makes sense to work with someone who can guarantee you and commit to you a number today that you can rely on where that money will be in your bank account on that day. So for us, you know, we're in Phoenix. We love each other. Love Jesse. Love Brett. Love all of our Phoenix fellow people. But in that house, I'm there to win. <laughs> So that's how we feel. By the way, guys, that, that is phenomenal. I mean, Steve, just incredible. I love everything that you just said. That was, that's really, really, really smart. I love it. Brent's taking notes on that. Yeah, I, I'm taking it over now. <laughs> Steve, I just want to ask you, because you did mention that, you know, um, kind of a way that you're pivoting right now is definitely raising more private money. Um, I wanted to bring mm -hmm. up, if you don't have any private money right now and you found a deal, like you guys – network with people in your area and JV with them. Don't lose out on it because you don't have the money. Like everybody on this panel will definitely, you know, come in a deal with you um, if it's a good deal and help you out in some way, shape or form. And yep. somebody for sure in your local market will do the same. So don't think I don't have any private money and what if I can't get it in two weeks? No big deal. Like you're not missing out. But they did ask, Steve, how are you raising private money? And maybe if you just want to touch on a few things you're doing. I know Susan Lasseter-Lyons um, has a good book. 
Uh, did I say her name right? You guys, I'm sure you've all read it or a few of you I guys. think so. Okay, so she's got a really good book if you'd like to read that. But Steve, will you, will you let him know like kind of what you're doing right now? Yeah, sure. So uh, I have a mentor who's been through two of these. Uh, you know, he made it through 2001 through 2008. And he's actually known as a storm chaser where he'll go wherever things are bad and he'll just set up shop in those markets. And so he's been through a couple of these. And so, um, you know, he's, he's given me some tips and I've been sharing them on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but one of the things is going to the Chamber of Commerce. You know, a lot, if you go to the Chamber of Commerce, a lot of those guys, they're business owners. Uh, they've got money and they think outside the box. You know, if you talk to someone that's uh, got a regular W-2 job and there's nothing wrong with having a W-2 job, but you're kind of in this mindset where you're just going to put some money into your 401k and that's just going to be there when you retire. And that's just the mindset. Whereas if you're talking to a business owner uh, or, you know, fellow realtors or, you know, talking to realtors, they're already got their own retirements. They're thinking outside the box. So you can talk to these people about buying, investing in real estate where it's secured uh, by, by real assets. And, and in fact, I'm actually be doing, I'm going to be doing uh, a, a call on a couple of days on Friday at noon, my time uh, with my guru, um, you know, the guy that's been through these, uh, it's going to be disruptors.com slash private money. And he's going to talk about all the different things that we're going to be doing for that. That's awesome. Yeah, share that with me and I'll share that on my Facebook page and I'm sure we can all share that so anybody can join. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Alex, who is, I who think is you Alex? Alex. All right, that's my cue. Okay. Um, yeah, so right now I think there's a huge opportunity because nothing's really fallen apart just yet. So what happens when a market falls apart? Foreclosures. If you look at 08, foreclosures, foreclosures, foreclosures. Uh, foreclosures right now are on a moratorium. They're being held off. So you can look right there. There's about three months that's been bought. Add on another three months for processing. That's another six months. And then add on, uh, so that's six months and then add another three months. And that's going to get you to nine months when that first foreclosure starts to hit after this whole mess happens, right? So we've got about nine months, I would say, before we start to see prices starting to go down, which is when the market starts to go down. So there's a really good window, a really good opportunity in this situation if you can get in and out of a deal very quickly. So I always love wholetailing. I like buying a house. I like closing on it. I like putting it right back out on the market again. And right now, it's a perfect time for that because people are still looking for houses. I can personally vouch for that because I've recently sold two different um, rehab properties that, are, that, that we've sold, closed on, brought the money back in, into the fold. It's always nice to see it come back again. Um, and, the, and the market demand is still there. And even more right now, because homeowners are saying, no, you can't come in my house. I don't want you to get me sick. So they're pulling their houses off the market, which increases the demand for the other houses, which are investor houses that we flippers are putting out there. And now you can come look at this house. So that's a huge opportunity right now to be able to get in and out very quickly. So private money is a really big um, asset in this time. I've always loved private money uh, just because it gives you so much power not to be in a situation where you're like, oh crap, I can't assign this deal, now I'm dead. So pivoting right now, 
would be definitely if you can get in and out of deals very quickly, that's uh, that's a plus. Uh, on the on the sales side of things, wholesale wise, you really have to make sure that your buyer's list is up to snuff. I always tell people foreclosure uh, auction buyers right now are huge, mainly because of three reasons. The reasons are number one, no more foreclosures, no more inventory for them. Number two, they always pay the most. Number three, they will buy properties without looking at them. Perfect recipe for right now. That's the way we're pivoting. Alex, I want to I want to go back to something that you said that I thought was brilliant, which is, you know, the houses that we're putting on the market are now suddenly becoming more attractive to the retail buyers because they're vacant. Um, you know, Cassie and I have seen this where we put several houses on the market quite a while ago. They were in price points here in DFW that were relatively slow. It was part of the correction that we were seeing. It slowed down. Everything happened with COVID-19. And then all of a sudden, our showings went through the roof. And then lo and behold, <laughs> we're actually contracting properties that I was sitting here going, I don't know what we're going to do with this. Literally having the conversation with Cassie where I'm like, maybe we should just refinance this and keep it as an Airbnb. And 12 months from now, we'll put it back on the market. And then next thing you know, two weeks after everything happens with COVID-19, we're under contract. And I'm like, how did this happen? And then that's Huge when it dawned on me. It's right like, now. well, it's vacant. That's why. And literally realtors were calling Cassie saying, hey, just want to make sure. I see this property staged, but it's vacant, right? And yes, yes, it is. Okay, we're going to see it right now. So that's yeah, everybody needs to pay attention to their active listings, pending listings, sold listings every single day, because you can really put your finger on the pulse of what's going on in your market. For me, there's still more selling that, than that is uh, coming on the market as new. So you watch that. It's just like watching the stock. I mean, it's kind of funny. My dad uh, has been getting into some day trading on the stock market, which is crazy because he's uh, a blue collar New York City uh, sanitation mechanic. And here he is with his phone doing, you know, day trading and stuff. But it's like he's been teaching me some of it. It's like you watch it, you go in, you get out. You go in, you get out. Real quick type stuff um, and watching. And you can see it right before your very eyes. You know, it's going up, then it comes down, right? So the same thing. Watch your pending listings. Watch your active listings. Um, and that's really going to tell you, oh, things are starting to look a little, you know, stacked on the active side. So we got to kind of hold off a little bit. But right now... Pendings are up, solds are up, and it's just because of the situation we're in. So get in, get out. If you can get private money, even better. I like that. That's good. And a quick question I want to answer you, Shelby. Um, said she's still looking for her first deal. She's found a lot of good opportunity and asked that if she finds something, is that when she would seek out private money? So Shelby, you want to go ahead and start seeking out private money? Um, and there's a lot of different resources. I mean, the book, and then you heard what Steve said. Uh, but again, there is definitely wholesalers in your area that are more than welcome to come in and help you kind of through some of these first few deals. Um, you know, if you're serious and you're really bringing them deals, they'll, they'll help you through that. So yes, you do want to get private money, but you know, really you, you want to get that deal because that's going to help you also get the private money and be JV partners. But you want to do that in the background while you're looking for deals as well. So I will uh, kick it over to, who are we going to, Jesse? Maybe? Yep. 
I mean, it's hard. It's hard to follow these guys. I mean, Steve and Alex just with so many nuggets uh, that they're dropping. So I just want to add on to what they talked about because um, it's. I mean, what they're saying is so awesome. So I want to touch actually on the list side of things. Steve talked about the sales. You know, Alex got to talk about what he was talking about, and I want to talk about what type of property owners do we want to go after as well right now. And I think. Um, you know, obviously owning a data company helps and I'm able to talk to a lot of people then able to do a ton of research is um, I would be targeting uh, vacant and absentee owners is definitely the way to go. Absentee out of state is going to be the best. Those are landlords that could start having some more distress sooner as Alex was alluding to in the next three, six, nine months. And then obviously with the vacant stuff where RJ was alluding to, if we could get access to a house and then be able to do showings to those buyers, that still are buying in our markets, that, that's a great way. But the, the secret sauce on all of this, you guys, is make sure that you're pulling lists. If either they've owned it for a long time or free and clear or people that bought from 2009 to 2013, we need equity in these homes because prices have dropped and people are buying deeper. If there's no equity and you're targeting somebody that bought in 16, 17, or even 18, there's not gonna be enough equity to sell it unless you go on the creative financing side of things. So I think those are a few very, very important things to take into consideration right now. Um, I also wanna say that we put a house on the market two days ago, we obviously flip as well. Uh, we got two offers yesterday. So alluding to what Alex and RJ was saying, homes are still moving. And then uh, during this, uh, since the coronavirus started, we got a property under contract we sold it last Friday. So we got on contract the 15th, sold it, you know, a few days, uh, a week and a half later. And we made a $40,000 assignment fee close, as I said, just a few days ago. So there's still deals being contracted and closed right now. You just have to know where to look for them. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you letting us know that, Lyra. Same thing as listings that we put out. We got multiple offers within 24 hours. My team has locked up three deals this week, good, solid deals. So um, I, I think that it's important to be around the right people right now um, that are telling you the truth and the positive things going on um, and getting prepared. So I will throw this to Brent. Hey, okay, all 273 participants in this wonderful panel. Let me transport you guys into a fantasy land. This is called 2012, where when you made a call to a homeowner, they were actually friendly to you. They were actually kind to you. They would actually listen to you. Or you sent out mail and the calls coming in weren't, hey, I'm going to kill you if you send me any more mail. Well, guess what, guys? That time is back. I am telling you, let me give you some facts here. Contact rate for our business went from 6% to 12%. Okay, leads went from 40 a week to 90 a week. Deals went from one or two to three or four. Okay, this is real data. This is inside of our company right now. And we just dabbled, you know, as soon as I heard that Zillow, OfferPad, and Opendoor are, 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 uh, are, are shutting things down for right now, I said to my team, put out, send out some mail, let's test this out. We had an average before in Phoenix of a 0.3% response rate. 
the last two weeks, we've had a 1.2% response rate. That is four times what we were before. Now, listen, I don't know how long this is going to last. In my mind, I think it's going to go into June. Who knows? We're in Phoenix. We were talking about this before. Cassie and I were talking about this before that, you know, hopefully when it turns into a million degrees here in Phoenix and, and, and the surface of the sun, this thing goes away like other flus and colds. But who knows? Somebody ate a bat and here we are. Okay. So nobody knows what the hell's going on here. So let, let, let's, let's focus on the things that we can control. What we can control is a couple things. The first thing I think you need to control is the conversation within your household that goes something like this. Hey, honey. Hey, children. I am committed right now to my business. I need from one o'clock to four o'clock every single day, I need to be able to get away from the family and focus on talking to people, having conversations, and squatting up with the best people in my market so that I can find opportunities for the family. And your family goes, okay, well, we'll see. You've said this before, but then you go into your room and watch Tiger King. Nice job, Steve. <laughs> so then, then you actually go and you actually perform and you actually are on the phone and you're actually taking action during that time between one and four that you said that you were going to commit to this business. Now, all of a sudden, momentum start to, starts going. You start getting really good traction in your business. Your family believes in what you're doing and you start building your business during the craziest pandemic that we've ever experienced, that the world's experienced in, in modern day. And all of a sudden you're starting to chip away when other people are falling apart. We've got 276 people out there, guys. There's 350 million people in the United States. I guarantee you 10% of those people need help right now. That means each of us can do 14 million deals in the next 90 days. So there's plenty to go around, okay? You need to get good data, batchskiptracing.com. Jesse will hook you up. You got to get really good data. You got to get really good lists. And for the first time in a long time, we can't abuse our cash buyers, okay? We actually have to be, we have some customer service with them. We need to ask them what they're looking for. We need to ask them, are you buying property sight unseen? I had a conversation yesterday with Chris Arnold and he's in DFW. What he's doing right now, and I think this is absolutely genius, is he is getting on a Zoom call on phones with the seller and directing them where to go with the phone and recording those and sending that with every deal that he's sending out. I think that's brilliant. I said, well, what about the old people that have no idea? He has a courier drop off a loaded iPad where all they have to do is press a button and they're on a Zoom call and they're walking around the house. These are the things that we need to do, one, to stay healthy, and two, to be creative. People will still buy deals right now. People still have to buy deals right now, but we have to cater more of our efforts to the customer service and the relationships that we have with our private money lenders and our cash buyers than ever before. We have to take it serious. We have to get our family on board and we have to enjoy this time because for the first time in a long time, I don't remember who said it, but somebody says, I don't feel like a predator. I feel like I'm actually out there helping the community. And that is an unbelievable feeling that we should all be having right now. And that's why we're gonna win all 273 plus this beautiful panel, we're going to win during right now, right now, because we're going to take the action and we're going to be in there. So, boom. 
I have the I biggest man crush on Brent Daniels and his big beefy man arms. I love your energy so much, but hey, I, I wanted to ask a question because I, I saw this in the Q and A, and I think it's a really good question to kind of, you know, transition a little bit. Someone asked, you know, what about we're we're going after these vacant houses, absentee owners, and we're getting a lot of landlords. What are we going to do with the tenant, the houses where we're talking to the landlords and the tenants aren't paying rent right now? How are we doing the sales approach with that? What's the conversation like and how deep are we trying to buy in that regard? I mean, that's a, that's a, a new situation that we never had to deal with where it's like you can't evict somebody. So how are we handling those situations right now? I'm totally avoiding it. hundred percent. I'm, I'm totally not avoiding all that. I'm not. That was a good question. I would factor in, you know, three, four, five months of no rent and, and uh, put that into your offer. Like, I'm still buying stuff with tenants in there because we're getting that super deep. And then once this market shifts back up, I have a great cash flowing rental property that I got for 50, 60 cents on the dollar. Um, and I know other people that are interested in, if you build that, I mean, Brett, if Brett doesn't want to do that, that's his model and, and that's totally fine, but I am totally open and have some buyers. So it's all about your buyers. I think is what it comes down to is if you talk to your buyers about this, then I, I think you're, they're, they're going to be okay with the short-term loss for getting something at 55 cents on the dollar. That's going to rent way better than it was, um, you know, just a few months ago. Yeah. Like I said, it's just pricing to the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could also add a seller holdback in escrow that if the tenant doesn't move out by August 1st, you know, there's a $10,000 reduction that the seller, the tenant, excuse me, the tenant doesn't move out by August 1st, the seller takes a big reduction and that money comes back to you out of escrow. Yeah, but uh, the biggest selling point that you're giving them is then they don't have to deal with the tenant. So it's, it's probably more, for what I was saying, it's more of a tenant thing to where you're taking on this risk because that holdback, they're going to be like, then I'm not going to sell it to you at that price. But I completely understand what you're saying too. That, that may be something you could do if the seller wants to stay in and you get it really deep to where they don't want to move yet, but they're ready to sell uh, for like an owner occupancy when you're flipping them into um, the model of becoming their own tenant, you could definitely do that hold back with a certain amount of time for them to, to leave and have that hold back. Yeah, the goal is for them to see that higher price now with the hold back that really comes back to you if they don't perform on whatever that is that needs to perform. Yeah. Hey, Jesse, will you, will you, Jesse, can you walk through just a hold back? I think some people had some questions. It's kind of popping up here. Will you, will you kind of give more tech, like who holds it back? Where's that money? What does that mean? Is it in the contract? Like, can you just, you know what I mean? Uh, I've only done a few. Has anybody done a bunch? I could explain it, but I bet someone could explain it better than I can, to be honest with you. Oh, I guess Ryan can. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, sure. So basically, if you're buying the property for 150 grand and the seller has a tenant in there, you say, I'm going to hold back $10,000 in escrow, and the escrow company does an escrow holdback. So the money sits in escrow. You give the 150 grand to the escrow company, that 10 grand sits there until XYZ happens. For example, the seller is, you know, the tenant moves out by August 1st, or you agree to leave the house by X date, or the AC unit gets replaced, whatever that, it could be anything you want. The escrow, hold on one second, my daughter's walking in here. The escrow company will hold that money back. And if by that date, that's not accomplished, the escrow company will release that money back to you. Now you're into the house for 140 grand in that example. Yep, that's a perfect example. 
So I, I kind of want to chime in on this because I absolutely put a rule recently this past year, like we will not buy any more um, tenanted properties because we, the only bad review we have ever, I have ever had is from a tenant. And right now I have just been so up in the air with these tenanted properties. I really like the idea of circumstantially doing a hold back, but I do think like, it really has to be based on the relationship, the rapport you build with the seller and the rapport that they have with the um, tenant. Um, and you should like consider a holdback, yes, but it's also consider what Jesse's saying. I think it's very circumstantial in these times because I, I really, really do not like buying a property with the tenant in it already. And during like a pandemic, I do want to say or ask more, um, is anybody worried about those tenants like making the new landlord out to be the bad guy? Jesse, are you worried about that at all? Um, I mean, you just need to communicate with them. And if I guess one thing you could do is, is talk to the tenants before and, and get on the same page, maybe um, already reducing their rent or putting a plan together is a good thing. But just to be honest with you, we do buy quite a few and flip quite a few properties. Some of our best flips that we've done even pre-corona when the market's really hot is a wholesaler not being able to get people in. And, and then obviously talking with the seller is I'm buying these really deep. And if I'm willing to have a process uh, and put that together and know how to evict somebody properly, and I know right now we can't do that but at least having a plan together with the tenant, letting them know, hey, after this, you know, we will be giving you a 30-day notice. We'll give you a, um, a price reduction on your rent for the time being. And, you know, we're really sorry about what's going on right now, letting them have that comfort. Then instead of having to evict them, you're going to have a lot higher plausibility of being able to work with them and have them move out smoothly. It's, it's, it's all about communication. That's what all of our jobs are for what all of us do is making sure you're communicating with everybody properly. Yeah, and I, I want to add, this is very, go ahead, Steve. This is very state specific. So you want to be careful. Like I would not ever want to be in a tenant friendly state buying these things. In Phoenix, we're pretty landlord friendly, right? Uh, I would imagine Texas is pretty landlord friendly. I would guess California huh. is, I think they're saying like it's 12 months now to get to make yeah. it up. Like I would not buy anything tenant related in California. And that was even true before the virus. Correct. Right? Like it's just, it's just a nightmare in that state. So I think it's, it's gotta be state specific as well. So yeah, Steve, one, one thing that came to my mind is you can reverse it. You could say, Hey landlord, you need money now. Why don't I give you 5,000 now and have the option or a contract recorded to close in 90 days or 120 days and you deal with the tenant. As soon as that tenant's out, I'll close. I like that idea. And you know, going back to this conversation of, you know, at least hold back or making a lower offer, I'm kind of like uh, of Jesse's opinion. I would rather lean on my ability to build rapport with the seller and just shoot my shot at the number that I want it than trying to create this new idea for, for me at least, where I'm going to try to explain to the seller like, hey, we're going to hold $10,000 in escrow. I think it's a good idea. It's just in your scenario, Ryan, I'd rather just offer the 140000 and just put in that $10,000 buffer for me and lean on my sales skills and my ability to go in and convince them to sell their house at one forty, dollars then one fifty, dollars and then put the, the hold back in. 
Because I think that's where it gets messy a little bit. I see what Ryan's saying, too, by offering the higher number. I think it's dependent on the seller because I think Ryan dangling a higher number, and if they're um, a a sophisticated seller, they'll get that, too, and then they will want to get the tenant out. And he's saying he wants them to be proactive about it. And a lot of people don't know how to – um, evict like we do and something that I've learned how to do. So for a newer person, I think Ryan's option might be a little bit more simple to where you're not going to, you know, get all jumbled up with them. And then especially if, I mean, I'm buying these properties, so I'm not wholesaling it to somebody else. And the person you're wholesaling it to has to understand the eviction process as well. So it's like, are you explaining something to the buyer? Are you explaining something to the seller? I mean, it's a little complicated regardless, but I want to, going on Steve's point even further is I'm talking about, I'm in a landlord friendly state. So I wasn't speaking on behalf of, of tenant friendly states. Um, so make sure that you know what state you're in, if you're doing stuff like this and know all the rights for tenants and landlords and, and how you're buying stuff. And it's all pricing, right? It's, it's all, it's all the pricing. Like you mentioned, Jesse, cause here's the thing. <laughs> Let's go after landlords. Why? Because their tenants aren't paying rent. Oh, Okay. So let me lock this up and sell this to somebody else so that a tenant won't pay that other person. It doesn't make sense unless it's a smoking hot deal. That's why I say I completely avoid it because I don't think that the pain's there enough until month two or three of non-payments. You know what I mean? We'll see. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But like, let me, let me adopt your problem. That's, that's not, we, we talking with cash buyers, they want deals that are clean. So I'm going to go after every vacant house. I'm going to go after everybody that is moving out or there's plans to, I'm going to go after any multifamily where the numbers make sense long-term uh, vacant land, whatever else, you know, I'm going to go after all those things. I'm going to see how it shakes out with the non-owner occupied or the absentee owners or the landlord list and see how that looks. Maybe it's a gold mine. It, 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 it might be. It might be a gold mine, but adopting a problem just mentally in my head feels like um, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough sell unless you get smoke and price. Just like Jesse said, it's all about the pricing and, and, and Jesse had a perfect example because they had a guy that wanted 300,000 uh, two weeks ago and took what 150 and you sold it for 200. So that's where he's coming from. He's coming from a place of actually doing it. So I get it. Um, but you got to get them really, really low. I'm just talking, speaking to every, the 276 now participants that are on here. Uh, if you're going to go after tenant occupied properties, really understand can't, is there evictions? Do you want to be the person evicting tenants during the coronavirus? And are the courts open? How does that look? How are things, what is the process? Everything changes hour by hour. Uh, I want the layups, I want the singles and that'll add up to some runs. And that's why I go after the vacant and the multifamily and properties where they already have plans of uh, the tenants moving out or moving out of state or whatever else. So just some thoughts there. You're right there on the data. I mean, we've got a member in the Next Level Mastermind group. We did a call the other day. He has 10,000 doors nationally. And it's the 8th of April. As of right now, they don't have a major increase in tenants not paying their rent. So he, they're thinking May and June is when it's going to hit, but it did not hit in April like everyone thought it was going to. So that pain is not quite there yet. I think Tim Brotts, yeah, Tim Brotts just said that 
out of all of the doors that he has, um, 2% increase in non-paying tenants. So I think that's, that's, you know, yeah, with what Ryan just said and what Tim has brought up. And I did just want to bring up, you know, yeah, we've got 278 people right now. Everybody on this panel is successful in their own right in many different ways. Otherwise, we wouldn't have asked them to be on this panel. But yet this one topic, you see how many different, you know, ideas and how many different paths that are being taken. So I think that's something really important to recognize because this is just one thing that we're, you know, talking about. We're not talking about team structure. We're not talking about how you market. We're not talking about how to lock, like none of that. So imagine all of these people on the panel we all think differently about many different things, but we collaborate together, take good things that we, you know, like from one another and really make, you know, amazing businesses within our own. So you guys, you get to use all of this and kind of create your own. There is no right or wrong. There is creating your own with what other mentors and people that have been in this before you have done. Um, on this note, what I have done uh, previously before, a lot of mom and pop, um, you know, landlords, so they have one or two, or they inherited this from their parents, and they thought, you know what, let's make this a rental. They have not been through, there's, I think probably 70% of people we deal with that are landlords haven't been through the eviction process. They don't have 10 or 20 houses. They have one or two. And so what we do is my transaction coordinator is it got a, an entire checklist, and we will help walk them through this. So I say, listen, you guys, we can take this on, but it's going to be such a pain for us. And it's going to take us three or four months after closing. I get it. That's not your problem. That's ours. Totally understand. But you're wanting the most money. If you want 150, as an example, I can get you 150, but we're going to walk you through this eviction process. I'm going to need you to fill out the paperwork. I need you to go, you know, down there and, and notar you know, get this notarized. We try to hold their hand in everything and make it super, super simple. Dummy proof, basically. Dummy, you know, what's the dummy, the books, dummy, you know, internet or whatever. But like we dummy proof, basically, dummies, the uh, yeah. eviction Evictions process. for dummies. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Like, help me out. My, I, my, my brain is kind of dummy at most times. But anyways, evictions for dummies. <laughs> Um, and so that's basically what we do. Like we help them and hold their hand and they're okay with that. But their fear of what is an eviction and they hear these horrible stories, um, you know, so we just walk them through that. And that's something that's really, really uh, important because it helps us get a lot of deals doing it that way because they're so fearful. So that's just another way of being able to do things, you, you know. So there's six different examples of, of how things are being done. Alex, I don't think you really chimed in. Did Like what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so for me, I mean, if tenants aren't paying, you're just really taking one problem and unless you can close it yourself and hold on to it and realize a really deep discount, I mean, you're really going to have to talk to your buyers and let, and see exactly what they're looking for. Because if they're looking for, yo, yeah, a really deep discount, I'm willing to sit on this. I mean, I, I don't see absentees, like everybody's like absentees right now, absentees. But I really don't see absentees in a landlord situation as being a huge, uh, you know, situation or great situation. I'm with Brent on that. Um, absentee vacant, yes. Uh, to you, what you said, uh, Jamie, about maybe an inherited property that they thought they would play the landlord game, and now it's a situation to where it's a mess. <laughs> maybe that might be that might be a good one. Um, so I would target like recently inherited plus absentee, something like that. I mean, how many times do you call up a probate or your team calls up a probate or whatever? And they're like, 
Oh yeah. You know, we inherited this property. We're just going to wait, you know, for the best offer on it, or we're going to rent this out and, you know, we're going to cash flow this thing till the cows come home kind of thing. And now they're thinking a little bit differently, you know, now that they got their first punch in the face as Mike Tyson would say. So, you know, absentees vacant. Yes. Absentees recent uh, inherited. Those type things are, I would say would be good. Uh, targets surrounding. I, I, I love this. Thank you so much. Like it's fun to not necessarily debate, but just share our different viewpoints and ideas. Like I think that that's very healthy to do that, you know, because we're all doing different things. So thank you so much for sharing that. I did see a question that I think is important because I was a newbie at one time. Everybody here was a newbie at one time. Um, and so the question was, is this a time for somebody who's new that wanted to get into wholesaling? Would this be a time to get into wholesaling right now? I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Me? Right, kick it off. Everybody's. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll go first go, since go, I was talking. All right. You go, you go first. <laughs> All right. Yeah, absolutely. So now is a great, remember, I went full-time in 2008 during a recession. It, it, it was, it was um, you know, it depends on what market you were in. I don't know if Phoenix was like 2006 when you guys were starting to feel it, but 2008 is when we were starting to feel it over here. It was a full-blown recession, um, and I went full-time. And I went full-time using not a huge buyer's list. In fact, I learned the most during that time because I was working with two or three different buyers at the time, um, I was watching what they were picking off from me. Um, we had really good feedback going back and forth. Marketing was was a little bit different during that time. I, I, I was a heavy online marketer at the time. I don't know if anybody on this call remembers cashhomebuyers.com, but that was one of the first least uh, websites back then, maybe, maybe before you know Jeremy Brandt and Fast Home Offers and all that kind of thing. But um, cashhomebuyers.com, it was a big organic thing. Um, and I was getting leads through that and getting deals off that. So it wasn't really a heavy market, uh, direct mail marketer during that time. But now is a really good time for a new person because now is a very forgiving market. People understand that there's a lot of uncertainty out there. People understand that things may change from week to week. So if you get a property under contract and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, and you don't want to close on it and you can't find a buyer, there's COVID addendums for all that kind of stuff. So now's a very forgiving market. I tell people it's a really good time to stretch your virtual muscles. People used to think over the phone, how can you buy my house without seeing it? You're just on the phone with me. How is this even possible? But now this is the norm. People are like, yeah, you can buy my house virtually. This is great. Let's do this. So it's a very forgiving, forgiving market. Virtual is 100% uh, accepted at this point. Uh, so it gives you a lot of room for error, a lot of room to stretch your virtual muscles, like I said. Um, now is the time to really dig down into the data, not maybe the data of three to six months uh, ago, but data going forward of watching the new transactions that are going through, rebuild your avatar as it were, rebuild your um, marketing lists going forward because you wanna see transactions that closed after COVID, if you will, and then try to retool your marketing after that. And, and a newbie can do that right off the bat because data from three to six months ago right now isn't really, you know, isn't going to be as mo as important as the new stuff. So new people just getting started, great. Get started, 
dig down into the new data. Right now, there's a little bit of a breather where you can really hone in and, and, and rebuild your buyers lists and things like that. It's, it's a good time for that. It's not something where people need to say, oh, I can't get involved in this. I mean, now it's perfect. It, it, it's a great time. That, that's good feedback. And I've heard a couple of people and um, they must have heard Brent's, um, Brent's ideas on this because they're like, ask Brent, he knows, he knows. But I want to add to that, Brent, is I've got another question about if you only had $2,000 to start, where should it be? And then some new tools or tools for wholesalers. So like, take, take it from there. <laughs> yeah, a couple of different things, guys. Like if you're, uh, the question is, if, is this a good time? Listen, if you have a passion for real estate, uh, if, you've, if you believe, and this is the most important thing, you have to have faith if you haven't done deals before. If you believe that this is the most proven path to financial freedom, then it doesn't matter when you start, but you have to start, okay? If you're looking at this for the next 50 days, don't get into it. If you're looking at it for the next 50 years, this is our time. I'm telling you, it is absolutely incredible. So uh, one, I talked about the numbers. Uh, people are more open. The sellers are more open now. You're going to have to do more work on the back end with the buyers, but that's fine. If you find real legitimate deals, you're going to win. Plus, if you learn the skill of sourcing real estate opportunities, you could do it forever. That's the whole thing. You can do whatever you want. You can wholesale, you can wholetail, you can flip, you can hold these things. But if you learn how to source opportunities, that's what you need to do. If I had $2,000 rolling right into the next one, what I would do is I would, um, a couple different things. One, I would reach out to any, and I had this question yesterday, so it's kind of pre-prepared, but, uh, and this, you know what? I won't go it because this is going to be Jesse's answer, and I literally got it from Jesse, so I'll let him answer about uh, other wholesalers in town's dead lead, so you can go there. What I would say is I would get the Deal Machine app. I would use TTP as a code, so it's 40 bucks. I would virtually drive for dollars. I would then take that Excel list. I'd send it to batch skip tracing. I would get the accurate phone numbers, and I would just call, call, call. You couldn't tear me off the phone. You couldn't stop me. I'd be unstoppable. I'd be going absolutely bananas on the phone and I'd find somebody that is ready to accept an offer now. I would match it up with a cash buyer in town. I'd go to all the fix and flip groups. I'd go to wholesaling houses full time. I would find whoever is buying in my area and, and try to match those people up. Because that's, I mean, that's the value we have if you're wholesaling. If you want to get into wholesaling, if it's 2000 bucks. If not, source a deal, find somebody that has some capital that'll split that deal with you and now start building your real estate portfolio. But if you have that true passion, if you feel like, if you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all of a sudden your brain exploded and you're like, oh, I got to play the cash flow game and I got to buy rent properties and I got to get a real estate license. If any of these things have slipped their way into your mind, then you are one of our people. You're one of our people. Get going now. You've got this. We are not, listen, I'm telling you, we're a small, small, small sliver of a segment of people know what wholesaling is. The rest of them don't. You got to squat up with people that understand what you're going through. So you don't feel like you're on an island by yourself. Get the support that you need. But most importantly, you need to take consistent action right now and, and start talking to people. I want to add something to that, Brent, because I think you brought up a really good point in the fact that if you have the passion inside, I mean, right now you're on a, a panel 
with, you know, how many are there of us? Eight of us that have been doing this for quite a while. We all run successful companies. Your question that you asked us was, is now a good time? Well, of course, all of us are going to say now is a good time because this is what we're doing. We're not going to be like, yeah, we're, we're up shit creek. We're, we should probably find something else to do. Now's not a good time. I mean, we're going to do drop shipping. Right. I mean, so, that, I mean, yeah, no you joke. need to go ahead and realize that all, all of our answers is going to be now is a good time to do this. Uh, but you need to ask yourself, why did you just ask that question? Like, because I'm telling you right now, I mean, if I have something that I want to do, I rarely ask myself, is now a good time to do it? Because what I'm going to do is, is I know I'm going to find a way to be successful. So anything that I've ever done, whether it be next level flipping, titanium investments, anything that I do, I know that I am going to go out and I'm going to find a way to be successful with it, regardless of what time it is, what's going on in the economy. Because I'm not doing it for 2020. I'm starting it in 2020 and I'm still going to be around in whatever we're going to call it, 2100 or whatever we're going to call it when we make it there, it's still going to be around. So that's how confident I am in myself and my team and everything that I do. That's where you really need to find out, are you that confident and are you willing to put in the work and the effort that all of us are willing to put in to match that same kind of success? So that's really the kind of question that you need to ask yourself. Jesse, hit him with that $2,000 budget. All right. So me and Brent have talked actually like in depth about all these different ways we could do it. So thanks for letting me use one of the strategies we've talked about is um, I normally have a different answer than most people would think is I would call every big wholesaler, you know, in your, in your market and try and work out some type of split with them and get all of their dead leads and start learning off of somebody else's old leads rather than spending money learning on, on your own money, especially if you have a small budget and especially learning in this type of market. The other thing Woo! you can do is, is a, <laughs> is a lot of people sure listening. That shit was gold. Okay. <laughs> and then also the other thing is um, like, uh, we kind of restructured our, um, our split with everything. So if you have any type of experience or you've you know done a bunch of reading and learning, we're having uh, acquisition reps come on for uh, 25%. Let's say you got on furlough. We're giving them 25% for any deal that they close and they're working our leads. So that's another way uh, to, to start getting deals instead of spending your own money, learn on someone else's dollar. And especially when learning in this market, I think it's just, you could get more creative and uh, us as larger business owners with these bigger wholesale operations are more willing. I mean, we're all working at home. We're all, we have the time to train them and, and have all the onboarding. And luckily our uh, team was, has been virtual for a long time. So those are just a few ways. So I'd say keep all your money and call someone and work all their dead, their dead leads, which as Alex alluded to is leads from six months ago could be gold right now. And you might be able to find your first deal and, and learning under someone that could really mentor you. And that's a free mentorship on top of it. It's um, everybody's winning in that scenario. But Jesse, doesn't, um, so I know that you guys do this and a few people um, in the comments have said thanks so much, but uh, Batch gives 500 free text. So if you can get some old leads from other wholesalers and then use those free texts and start getting, you know, some traction and then continue to text and cold call, right? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I was just saying, uh, you know, get old leads and cold call them. And then if you do want to use some of that $2,000 budget, you could definitely, I mean, texting is the cheapest uh, way to source deals right now. So some of someone's old leads, you could, you could definitely text, or you could even personally text all of them if you wanted to, there are already leads that have been touched before. So there's a few different ways on how much you want to systematize that side of things. But I think there's so many ways to get creative right now. If you want to get into it, I can tell you guys too, um, I have a platform that has quite a few people on there and a lot of people are stopping and being scared. Competition's leaving. If you jump in like Brent and Alex alluded to, there's more opportunity now than there was before this, in my opinion. I want to revise my answer too. I want to say, (laughs) I want to say that that question of is, is it a good time to get started, right? Well, what does get started mean? Wholesaling all goes back to finding discounted properties. That's a question is, are you asking, is it a good time to find discounted properties? Is it a good time to learn to find houses 50 cents on the dollar? Absolutely. <laughs> Better than ever. Steve, what what you say, buddy? Well, kind of what you just mentioned a, a moment ago, I think right now, uh, not a lot of people are talking about it. Um, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I think I got a little bit of slack for it. Uh, but I was saying like 50 to 70% of wholesalers out of business and they just don't know it yet. So I think there are a lot of people that have been enjoying a lot of easy success that haven't ran real businesses. You know, I'm, like I said earlier in the beginning of the call, I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship, you know, about building a business. So there are a lot of guys that have been making a lot of money, but weren't tracking their KPIs, weren't tracking the ROI. They weren't running cash flow projections. Uh, they don't know how to do a P&L properly. And these guys that have had easy success, these guys might be further behind than a brand new wholesaler today because they might have had overhead. They might have had expenses. They might have signed long-term leases where now their ability to compete is actually, they're a little, a little bit uh, handcuffed, right? They're handicapped a little bit. So I think that the question is now a good time. I think now is a great time because not only has the, uh, the playing field been leveled, but some of the guys that you were competing against, you've been sidelined. They're in the penalty box right now. So yes. I think now's a great time, and you should jump in for sure if you're on the fence. Don't, worry, don't be worried about the competition, because whatever competition there was, a lot of them can't even do anything today. So Steve, I, it's like, I had that totally thought. follow up with that on, on you, Steve, like, because I did this exact comparison. Like, I could not agree more with what you guys were saying on this, but I used that comparison. Like, you, if you're newer right now, you're going to organically build it in a time where it's very, very service-based on all sides of the coin. And I compare it to um, having to switch a mentality of a realtor to understanding an investor, like a traditional realtor. Like that's very difficult in my experience. Um, you don't have to be broken. If you're coming into this market right now, you're coming in um, at a time where there are so many people out there that are finding it so hard to make those pivots because they just aren't educating themselves or they haven't been through it. They don't know what to do. There's you know, panic and you're learning in a time where you are learning how to, that's one of the things I'm so grateful for that when we started our business, we really learned how to serve the people um, throughout the transaction, regardless of what we were doing, and as well as serve the house because we were previously GCs. And so it became easier for us to kind of see through uh, the challenges that we've come up against because it does take some uh, resiliency, it does take some tenacity 
um, sometimes in this industry that, you know, if you're coming in new right now, you don't have to be broken. So understand like you're, you're able to come in and, and look at it with fresh eyes. And that is actually a really good time for that. So was someone about to say something before Cassie jumped on? I want to make sure you get like whatever you're going to say out. No, I had that thought today, Steve, that, you know, back in 2008, I sat around the table at a coffee shop with these billionaires and all of them were talking about who lost the most, the least amount of money. The whole conversation shifted from 2006, who was making the most to 2008 was who was losing the least. And a lot of the guys, these wholesalers and flippers that, we're kind of copycats of other people's models that thought, well, you have a lead intake, I need a lead intake. You have five acquisition guys, I need five acquisition guys to be successful. You have a big office, I need that. You spend 20 grand a month and, and they tied themselves up and they weren't making real money. Those guys' mentality right now is how do I not lose money and how do I get out of this? How do I get out of that? And they're not thinking positive. So to Cassie's point, when you're coming in fresh, like you could spend your days focused on making money where you know, there are a lot of people in this industry right now that spend most of their day figuring out how to not to lose money because they're in deals they shouldn't be in. Grant, where's your bell at? That's a golden nugget right there. Yeah, that, that was good, right? That was good. <laughs> well, I'm one or of those who try not to lose money, so I don't know if I'm ready to ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan, Ryan, Jamie, and I were actually talking just a couple of days ago where, and to, talk, to, to this point, right, about like, you know, not to lose money. Ryan and I were both talking about, he was looking at signing a $6,000 a month lease. I was looking at signing a $6,600 a month lease. And two days, right? Right there, he's always one-upping me every time. I just pay people <laughs> to we pay for my lease or for my building, so I do it a little differently. <laughs> but we were looking at these spaces, right? And, you know, on Tuesday, I was looking at, I was like, well, you know, I like this spot. Let me look at this other spot. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, I fell in love with both spots. They're both 6,600. I was ready to sign one of them. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, this COVID thing, it might get serious. Let me just hold off a couple of days. And then the NBA shut down, right? And Tom Hanks happened. And so, but that could have been me, you know, looking at the, these expenses. So when you're looking at your competition, some of these people are talking about, man, how do I undo this? How do I unguarantee this? Whatever. And Brent, I mean, we've talked about, we've had this conversation. Brent had to uh, go through that before. Brent, do you want, or never mind. I was going to say, do you want to tell any part of that story on like something that, I don't know. I, I know you have a pretty cool story. No, on that. I, listen, you know, what I've learned is this. If you're in your, if you're doing, if you're starting and running a wholesaling business and if you can't keep 50% of your income as a, uh, profits in the beginning when it's just you building it up. I mean, that's going to adjust a little bit as you get, but uh, I, I suggest you keep 80% of the profits when you're starting out and put it away and put it, that, that's gone. That's to the family. That's in your account. That's your money and live like really hungry and really lean for as long as you can until you stack enough cash to where you feel and you build up your leadership skills and you build up your ability to be consistent as an entrepreneur and as a professional, you get all those things in line, then you start hiring people. 
then you start building. But if you're just, if you, if you think that there's just, you know, here's the, the one method or here's the, here's the formula for, for building a huge business, there is none. This is wholesaling. This is real estate investing. Okay. This so you're not buying a franchise, you know, KFC with the same, you know, menu and you know what I mean? So it's, this is, this is all about whole, the wholesaling business is a cash grab. It is a means to an end. It is the, the, the hitting the lottery. It's the cash machine that lets you do other things, but don't get it twisted. There's not people out there making netting millions of dollars if they're doing $5 million in wholesale. It's all a lie. Those so what, what, what you're saying is those jets and cars are uh, not held free and clear. They probably have a lot of debt on them. Listen, you can take photos in front of a, a, a tiger if you want or they were a, rented you know, or, place or whatever you want. I mean, listen, don't, don't, don't get, listen, it's all about keeping the profits for yourself. And it is all about, um, understanding why you're in this. Are you in this to build long-term wealth? Or are you in this just to uh, buy, you know, you know, get flashy or whatever? Whatever it is, that's self-awareness. Do it. I, if you love it, I, I love it. Do whatever you do. But in times like this, when things get squeezed, when that, if the economy is an accordion and it's going like this a little bit, all of a sudden these companies are shutting down all of a sudden people are laying people off all of a sudden overhead eats things alive so keep your costs low keep your efforts high make a ton of money but keep a ton of money as well that's my suggestion thanks brent and i do i want to say that you know um because we're, we're going to wind up right now you guys um this has been an amazing call but i'm really glad that that was kind of the last thing that we we touched on. Um, I've told this story in different podcasts and things like that, but I got into the business and, you know, I learned from someone who was one, you know, wholesale at a time. And then I got into a mastermind and all they talked about is, you know, hiring, hiring, hiring. I hired five people at once. It was the worst thing in the world. Almost ruined me. I, I may not be standing here today. I mean, I, I was hanging on by a thread, but I felt that it was not success if I didn't do what they were doing. I didn't know a lot of people in that moment in this industry, so I didn't have, you know, a call like this that I, I had been on. The only people I knew were who had taught me, and I'd done what they said and then moved on to another mentor. So I want everybody on this call to know that you're not not successful. It's not not sexy if you're only doing one flip a month. Or, I mean, everybody has their own goals as a family, as a person, as a company, as a culture. So please do not put your success and who you are as a person and your value as an individual up against anybody else's business. Because I can promise you, like Brett said, the ones that have four and $5 million, you better believe that they're like they're crying right now because of their overhead being so high. And if they're even in the positive. So just know that do it your way. And you see, we all do it different ways here, but it doesn't matter if you're doing three deals or 300 deals. What matters is that you have a goal and you're doing everything you can to achieve it. And you're surrounding yourself with the best people. So you know when to pivot, how to pivot, and your network is so important. So I want to kind of leave it off with that on my end. Um, I want to thank everybody so much for this call. Like your time, I know it's so valuable and you're willing to be very abundant and give. And that's another reason why I wanted you, you guys on. So you all mean so much to me and I'm so thankful to have you in my network and to lean on you in times like this and learn from you. Thank you all for joining uh, the panelists that joined today. We really appreciate it. 
I'd like to just let you kind of run through really quick and just say, you know, a last last minute or two word and then how they could get a hold of you. And also Annie has put in the chat box everybody's IG. So if you want to follow any of the panelists on IG, Annie's put them up there quite a few times. But let's just go um, Alex, Steve, Brent, and Jesse, and y'all just kind of close it out and let anybody know how they can get a hold of you if they'd like to. And, and real fast, as part of your minute, if you could just share your biggest takeaway from the call that you took away as a panelist. That's good. I'll start, Ooh. I suppose. Or Alex, you want to go to me? Oh, I, I thought I was first, but you know, you can go Alex, first. Alex is first. Gosh, sorry, I, I don't know. No, dude, dude, you know, it's okay, it's okay. The more we kind of delay here, I can think of what I'm supposed to say, so. <laughs> No, this call has been amazing. I love being on a uh, call where there's so many like-minded people. I mean, we, we all do different things, but we all have the same mindset. And that is now is the time to squat up. As Brent says, now is the time to learn. Now is the time to not necessarily capitalize, but position yourself to be the best place uh, to, 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 to succeed during these times. So as far as what I learned the most from the call, I would say, um, let's see here. I would say it was the whole, you know, if you're gonna talk about the cheap marketing side of things, uh, go reach out to other wholesalers uh, and work their dead leads, right? Because a lot of these people may have these big ginormous teams they may have had to fire a whole bunch of people and guess what here's you saying hey <laughs> can i help you out with those leads can we make some money on them yeah so that's uh that's a great opportunity um that anybody can do it just takes a little bit of uh guts to reach out to the people right a little bit of motivation to look people up and find them in your area go to the rias that's another thing not don't only squat up with people you know nationally like this but squat up with people locally because y'all are working with the same buyers more than likely and it's a good way to jv on some deals and things like that um as far as where you guys can find me you can find me on wholesaling houses full time uh that's my main facebook group uh, I think Annie posted my uh, my Instagram, which is uh, at Alex Youngblood. But um, y'all can always go into the wholesaling group. You can drop your deals in there if you're trying to wholesale deals. You have any questions, post them in there. Um, use the search box. That group is, man, I, we started in 2008, like I said. So it's a, a plethora of information when it comes to any question you have regarding real estate. So again, appreciate you guys having me on the call. Uh, so I think the big thing for me still is I think there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, you know, whether you've done one deal, or you've done five deals, I think there's plenty of opportunity. I've been saying this for a long time. It's never been a better time to be alive. I mean, maybe last month was a little bit better than, than today, but overall, still never been a better time to be alive. So take advantage. It's never a bad time to find a deal. Uh, as far as, you know, getting hold of me, Instagram really is the best way. I don't know why. In some ways, like I'm kind of like a teenage girl. So at Steve.Trang. Um, and I, the, the last thought I would say is, you know, I'm, I'm doing the private money route. That's where I'm going. And that's, that's, that's the direction we're headed. And if you guys want to, you know, be on that call I got with my mentor, uh, just go to disruptors.com slash private money. Uh, I'll post it down here below. And, uh, you know, hopefully people are took some great notes and are taking lots of action from this call. So Steve, you're not going to share your TikTok? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Steve Trang. 
Does he dance on it? Does he dance on it? Alex, he just started a, a TikTok. Yeah, you, you must follow Steve's TikToks. And he dances? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I got moves. I just got to get drunk first. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steve, you done? You good? We good? Okay. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it was a really, really, really good, important point uh, that Alex talked about with people that are traditional or, or putting their properties on the MLS and they're living in there. They're taking them off the MLS because they don't want people coming into their house that they don't know. I think that's absolutely powerful. When the inventory shrinks, um, the demand is going to go up. So uh, super powerful. Love that you said that. Really stuck in my brain. Uh, thank you. This is the this is the best day of my life. This is the best day of my life. I'm going to echo. So what Steve said, this is great. It really is. I love this. I love the panel. I love what's going on here. So um, guys, you want to go uh, talk to people.com. It's the greatest website that's ever been created by man. Um, and you're going to get everything that you need there. It's absolutely incredible. So talk to people.com. Note. Um, all, all kidding aside, there's a ton of free resources there, a ton of free downloads. Definitely t check it out. Um, and that's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jamie, for, for uh, getting me on here. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, RJ. You guys are uh, the best. Absolutely. And then I just want to reiterate thank you to all you guys. And I'm honored, very honored to be on this panel. I, want to, I took away a few uh, great things. Um, First off, with Alex, um, I think I went a little bit too deep into the absentee stuff, but for new people that are getting started, I think uh, going after, you know, the vacants and owner-occupied leads is definitely uh, the route to go if, if you're jumping into real estate. And then, Brent, what you said, and you said as well, Jamie, is don't compare yourself to other people and keep as much money as you can, especially right now. Uh, I mean, I... I I kind of went down that path once upon a time. I think all of us did trying to create these big teams and, and learning, like find what's best for your lifestyle, find out what's best for you. Um, everybody wants to be the CEO of their wholesale company so quickly and then have so much overhead that you have all this stress and you start making less money than just working in your business and becoming super wealthy doing it that way. Obviously you'll get to a point to where you can scale and do some of these things, but you need to be intentional and not try and copy people, figure out what's best for you and watch the things in these Zoom calls like what we're doing. But I just want to thank you guys, as I said, so much. Uh, easiest way to find me is on Instagram at Jesse Burrell. And then obviously um, I appreciate everybody that uses our service with batchskiptracing.com and batch leads. We really, really do work hard to make sure that we're providing you the best softwares and data so you could get the most deals. Thank you so much. Ryan, will you talk a little bit about, um, you know, Next Level Mastermind and Next Level Flipping so we can, you know, let everybody know about that if they're not aware yet? Yeah, so we do calls like this on a weekly basis within our group. So if you've enjoyed these calls within Next Level Flipping and Next Level Mastermind, this is the kind of value you get out of it is being a part of calls like this is super cool stuff. And we really dive into the details of your business the next level flipping group that RJ and I run is if you're doing 25 deals or less and you want to scale and grow and get better. And the next level mastermind group is for those doing more than 25 deals. And you know, what I've noticed is most people in that group, they want to get better before they get bigger. And there's a huge focus on becoming better, better leader, better at marketing, just really fine tuning the skills. And yeah, I mean, those are the groups. We're just here to serve you guys. And we thought we'd do, 
probably, I think we're gonna do four of these calls total, maybe five, and then uh, that's it. We wanna give as much value as we can to the public for free right now, and hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks, Ryan, so thank you. Yeah, I just wanna say that, you know, I'm in that mastermind, right, and the online mastermind, I'll say it is one of the best, the best, sorry, the best. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's lots of really good value in there. So uh, I'm in there, I'm I'm in the conversations. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I love some of these high level conversations that are had that I would not be able to have, like, I don't have those connections. So like, if someone has a question, you know, the best example, you know, like when Ryan Pineda was talking to the other lender who made some very poor reactive decisions. I mean, we got to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. Can't have that otherwise. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Steve. And somebody just asked really quickly um, if we're going to have a replay. If you registered for this, yes, we will send this out and you'll have a replay so you can listen to what everybody said and take notes. Um, thanks again, everybody, so much that was on the panel for your time, for your friendship, for our network. And let's go crush it together. And a quick shout out to my girl, Annie uh, Dragonova. Her birthday is tomorrow, so happy virtual early birthday from the crew. There's the bell. So thanks so much, you guys. Bye. Have an awesome, beautiful, blessed week. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.